welcome to Mood Readers, a book review podcast where three friends conquer their TBR lists. Eventually. Hello, Mood Readers. Welcome back to Book Club. We're here. It's me, Jane Austen, with my friends Nora, Emily Bronte, Craig the Recording Guy, Shit. You can bleep that out. You can point that out in post because it was great. Other than that, ah! <laughs> all right, <laughs> we're <laughs> we are professionals, and we are coming here tonight to talk to you about mental health. That's right. Everyone's is trashed, right? Hey, right. everybody! <laughs> yeah. Speaking from personal experience, mine is the lowest it's ever been. So Ooh. I'm here to get everyone's tips and tricks on improving it outside of, you know, therapy and drugs. Like, what are the other things that you do to improve your mental health? My number one, I can tell whenever uh, I'm basically a plant, like the meme. So whenever I'm like feeling it and nothing's making me happy, I just go stand in the sunshine like my dogs do. They sit down in the sun, <laughs> I sit down with them and I just like soak it in. And then I'm like, okay, I can answer one more email. <laughs> <laughs> I am also like a plant, except I'm like that plant and that meme where there's a sign and it's like, I'm not dead. I'm just ugly. <laughs> that's me incorrect <laughs> okay so my what do i do to help my mental health like you said yay therapy that is a good one wonderful we support therapy. yes yep. we we support healthy choices and therapy is one of them Okay, but let's talk about the unhealthy choices what are the vices, what are the vices that are getting us through yeah okay. So some vices that get me through. I like to dissociate with Taylor Swift. So mm. I just like, there's honestly, there's an album for like any mood. And there's a song for like any mood where I need to go. So like if I'm like, okay, I need a, a boost of like serotonin, I'll put on a certain album. If I need to just like feel the feels, I put on another album. So I do that. I also have like hyper fixating crafts that I that do. That's fun. Ooh, I like I that. that. Where like literally I will sit there and just like super, super fixate on these things and just like not think about anything except for what I'm doing. That's what I need. Turn your brain off shit. Yes. That's a real thing. NPR talks about it. It's called the flow. It's very yes. good for your mental health and is actually restorative and regenerative. Okay. Well, good. That's good, good job, to Nora. know. <laughs> That's good to know because it feels like I've just been spending three hours making friendship bracelets. So fabulous friendship <laughs> bracelets. Which Taylor BTW, Swift. We yes. do not have, yeah. by the well, way. Well, they take a long time because I am also a perfectionist. So <laughs> <laughs> listen, one time in middle school, I spent a couple of weeks making one of those seed bead, you know what I'm talking about? Like the, mm -hmm. the tiniest little beads ever, a necklace for Taylor Hansen. Mm -hmm. And then I mailed it to him. Oh my gosh. I did yeah. not know this. I didn't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> for a reason. <laughs> That's oh, hilarious. 
So I These, sympathize. There you go. Well, okay. So when I went to Target today, which is also a great mental health thing to go mm-hmm. to Target by yourself and do whatever Definitely. you want. I saw that all these like stuff from the 90s friendship bracelet things, like I knew other stuff from the 90s was coming back, but I didn't expect like the friendship bracelet type things that we made that look literally handmade. Mm-hmm. They're, sell- they're selling them at Target right now. Yeah. And I'm like, I can make that. I have an entire kit. Yeah. <laughs> or five. <laughs> Love it. So, yeah, I'll just be waiting my friendship bracelet any day now, I guess, or next we'll week, see. maybe. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. Don't hold your breath. <laughs> God, I was so offended. Emily, when the weight of your sister's fame gets to you, it often does. What do you do to cope? <laughs> Let me tell you, I'm the queen of mental health over here. I am the queen of destructive mental health habits. <laughs> I I have this whole thing figured out, okay? I buy four, ba- there was a sale at uh, Kroger on Lay's potato chips. So if you buy four bags, each one was like $1.50. So Ooh. I figured it out. I bought four bags of sour cream and cheddar uh, potato chips. Oh, Perfect yeah. cure for mm-hmm. mental health. I also discovered The Nanny is streaming on HBO Max, which is a gift from God. It really is. I love The Brand Nanny. Brand is a gift to us all. She yeah. really is. And like, I mean... Yeah, it's amazing. And it is shocking how well that show has stood up. Like, the jokes are still really good. I mean, granted, there are a lot of similar plots that are taken, like, directly from Golden Girls. But that's okay. Because Mm -hmm. she puts her own spin on it, and it's great, and I love it. So, like, that's been helping me out a lot. I also have figured out a huge part of my mental health is avoiding housework. I just don't do it. I just don't. It's great. I love it. It's Perfect. <laughs> There's toys everywhere. My whole strategy with the dishes is that eventually my husband gets driven so crazy by it that he just does it. Just like oh, out that's of my the- strategy with dishes. It works. See, it, it works. works. It works in my house. Perfect. <laughs> Nora, I just saw a corgi over your shoulder and I was completely <laughs> distracted. So such a cute oh, baby. He's yeah, a good boy. Also, dogs are good for mental health, speaking of. Actually, they are. are. My husband's always like, you have an unnatural attachment to that dog. And I'm always like, she is what is holding me together in this world. (laughs) That's right. A natural attachment. Excuse me. This is my life partner. That's right. My dog is literally as old as my marriage. She is. We got her as like our wedding gift to each other when we got back from our honeymoon. It's been a three-part, well, a three-member marriage from the beginning. <laughs> the third one is a dog. But still, she's very important to this relationship. They're just good to snuggle. My new dog, I feel like I am at a much better place than I was like six months ago just by like having Aww. her. She's a good girl. She's not a corgi. But it's her it's girl. her wonky teeth. I know. You can't look at those teeth and be in a bad headspace. No, she's never. just like she's just like a little dragon creature. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so immediately buy potato chips. 
I can watch the nanny. I've got a friend's HBO Max because get another, why pay for my own. Get, get another corgi. dog. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's all uphill from here. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> all right. Awesome. The other thing that helps with my mental health and when I know it's trash is when I'm not reading. So reading books, talking about books always puts me in a better headspace. And oh, yeah. that's what we are here to do. So who wants to go first? I can go first. Great. Nora, <laughs> definitely redacted. <laughs> what have you been reading? Tell us all about it. I'm excited. Okay, well, before I got this book, I was kind of in a reading funk. Like, I was still reading, but mostly it was an audiobook, and it was the same series, and I literally could not read. I would pick up other books and be like, no, and put them away, because this series was just so easy. And so my brain could just, like, hook on to it, and, you know, I'm kind of into it. And this is then, like this is like when I am like I'm gonna watch one of these millions of shows that everyone has recommended to me, and mm-hmm. you know like get some culture. And then what I actually do is turn on 90 Day Fiance from the beginning. Yes, exactly, exactly. I was gonna say it's like my version of you know Netflix reality shows. So. Then I went to the library and I have probably 10 library books already checked out sitting on my bedside table. But I was like, you know, I'm just going to look and see what (laughs) happens. And beautiful on the shelf. I think it's brand spanking new. I'm pretty sure I'm the first one to read this copy was Tress of the Emerald Sea by Brandon Sanderson. Yay. Now, our lovely Jane has recommended a series of his, but his Mistborn, and I picked, that was one of the ones I picked up, and I started reading it, and I was like, this is really good, but my brain cannot handle it. At that time, my brain couldn't handle it, and so I didn't really trust this book, but I'm going to read to you the back of what it says, and I thought, okay, well, maybe, maybe this one will be different. So it says, Dear Reader, I started writing this in secret as a novel just for my wife. She urged me to share it with the world and alongside three other secret novels with the support of readers worldwide, it grew into the biggest Kickstarter campaign of all time. I'm excited to present this first book to you at last, a different type of Brandon Sanderson story, one I wrote when there were no time constraints, no expectations, and no limits on my imagination. Come be part of the magic. Brandon Sanderson. And magical it is. It is just like so charming. And just the writing and just how he describes things is just so poetic. And the narrator of the story is so entertaining. It's just, it's precious. Okay, let's get into what it's about. The only life Tress has known on her island home in an emerald green ocean has been a simple one. With the simple pleasures of collecting cups brought by sailors from faraway lands and listening to stories told by her friend Charlie. But when his father takes him on a voyage to find a bride and disaster strikes, Tress must stow away on a ship and seek the sorceress of the deadly midnight sea. Amid the spore oceans where pirates abound, can Tress leave her simple life behind and make her own place sailing a sea where a single drop of water can mean instant death? Also, 
The book is beautiful. Like there's just beautiful pictures at the beginning that might be only in the hardback version since this is so new. I doubt the paperback is out yet. The hardback just came out. Just FYI, the people who did the Kickstarter and it raised like, I think a billion dollars or something. Like it was oh my gosh. wild. Okay. That might be crazy numbers, but I also might be correct. So he did like four secret <laughs> well, books. The world will never know. We'll never know. You can't Google it. He did four <laughs> secret books. <laughs> my husband and I almost purchased it, but like it was a little pricey. So he opted not to and like regrets. So those Kickstarter books came out and now the hardback's out. So it's probably going to be like months before a paperback edition arrives. Well, I mean, you don't need it because this is just so beautiful. It's the only one that you need. Okay, so Tress is a peasant girl and she is best friends with Charlie, who is the son of the Lord of the Island. And it's this, their relationship is so sweet. It's like the kind of love, like it's, it's a very young love, but they haven't, at first they haven't come out and like said, I love you, but it's very clear that there are feelings there. And so when Charlie has to go on his journey to get engaged to a princess, Tress is like, no, I'm not okay with that. And so he's like, good, I'm not okay with it either. I'd rather be with you. And so... And so so his plan to avoid getting engaged is by being boring so he can come back to Tress (laughs) because he's very good at talking. He's very good at storytelling. And so he just is boring. And it's very cute how how the author describes the things that he says. So then... His father has, is starting to catch on to what Charlie's doing. And his father decides it would be better for the king and this war that is happening to sacrifice Charlie to the sorceress. Uh. Yeah. So that's so nice of him. And so she dresses. Wait, on. so he's like, you need to marry a princess. And then he's like, you know what? Forget it. I'm just going to sacrifice you. Yeah, so not he, worth it. He ends up adopting. This is very early on in the book, so it's not a spoiler. He ends up adopting his nephew, and then so his nephew becomes his heir, and his nephew oh. ends up getting engaged to the princess because they all come back. And I verbally was like, when it was like, there, you know, the the Lord's son is gonna is got engaged or got married and is gonna present the princess. I I verbally went no. i love that but it turns out it's not charlie so charlie is you know sacrificed over to the sorceress she is keeping him captive all that so what's i found so interesting and this book is supposed to connect with his other worlds the what is it called the cosmere is that how you pronounce Mm -hmm. it so it, it is a book of the Cosmere, um, which I have. No, this is my first Brandon Sanderson book I've read. So I really have no idea. So those of you that also haven't read his books, I'm having a fine time. Like I this this is supposed to be like a standalone and it is going just fine. Awesome. You know, I don't think I needed the other knowledge, but I bet other readers who have read the other books can find bits and pieces that kind of go along with it. We have this island and it's made of black salt and it's surrounded by an ocean and it's not water. The ocean is made of emerald green spores and it's described as like. We're a huge fan of spores on this podcast. (laughs) I know, right? Immediately. Um, (laughs) Everybody take a shot. We're talking about spores. (laughs) Oh, my God. So uh, he describes them as like pollen 
and like little teeny tiny pieces of pollen. This sounds horrifying. Yeah. So that's worse. That's, it's pollen. Yeah, they're as small what? as pollen. So just think about that. And there's an entire sea of them, and there's different seas. Nope. But right now we're at a green one. Where the Jane and I are both just like nope. And so think of it. So like when it's someone said, who is taken out by allergies every year. Every I know. year. <laughs> I know the so the description said that death can mean you could there can be death by a drop of water. So you add water to the spores and the spores transform into something crazy. And each of them do different things. The emerald green spores transform into like a plant. So think about like you're on the sea and you breathe in some spores. Guess what? You're about to have a tree come out of your tree growth. Because you're, you're made, made of liquid. Oh my you're made god. Of liquid. Yeah, so oh, yeah, that's horrible. Yeah, so nobody is allowed. Wait, no, now I'm stressed. I can't read this book. Yes, you can. Um, there are the stressed. There are two ways to avoid this kind of thing. One is salt. So her island is made of salt. Cool. So a lot of the spores die once they reach the island. So the island is fairly safe, but still, like, obviously, we're scared of spores. And then silver is another thing. It instantly kills them. So if you have like a silver panel on something, the spores are not going to cross that panel. They're going to die. Back to Charlie and the sorceress. So Tress decides to go to the Lord and be like, hey, can you please pay Charlie's ransom? And the Lord, Charlie's dad, is like, sorry, no, I'm not going to do that. So Tress decides that she is going to go find Charlie. And so the entire book is a total adventure book about her traveling through these different seas. There's an emerald sea. There's a crimson sea. There's a, a blue one at some point. And the sorceress is at the midnight one where the spores are like even crazier than the other ones. Tress starts her journey by sneaking onto a ship, gets captured, and then befriends a talking rat. And that sure. is where that is where I, I will it. leave you. Right? It is so charming. It is precious. And just how Tress just evolves as like a person. Like she's she's 17 or 18. She's becoming like an adult and figuring herself out. And it's just beautiful. It is just 10 Aww. out of 10. Recommend. I'm going to have to go buy yeah. this book because I love it so much. This is probably going to be oh, one, of, awesome. one of my all-time favorite books. It is, it is so cool. I love that. I love that. Oh, that sounds beautiful. It really is. I'm not at all surprised just because since I have I have read one Brandon Sanderson book, but my husband is obsessed and I'm not surprised at all that it's so good just because the writing in Miss Bourne was so good. It oh, I wanted to read you guys a quote, which I I found this just super I feel like anyone can relate to this and it's just so poetic how he worded it. Truth is, people are as fluid as time is. We adapt to our situation like water in a strangely shaped jug. Though it might take us a little while to ooze into all the little nooks, because we adapt, we sometimes don't recognize how twisted, uncomfortable, or downright wrong the container is that we've been told to inhabit. We can keep going that way for a while. We can pretend we fit that jug, awkward nooks and all, but the longer we do, the worse it gets. The more it wears on us, the more exhausted we become, even if we're doing nothing at all, because simply holding the shape can take all the effort in the world, more if we want to make it look natural. 
I so, love that. Like, so, like there's so it's basically many, like be yourself. Yes, there's so many just like things, just these beautiful moments in this book like that. And I'm just floored by it. It is beautiful. So that's it. Everybody go read it. <laughs> All I right. Will. Okay. Goodbye. Right now. <laughs> this has been a good one. Podcast out. It's gorgeous. <laughs> that is gorgeous. I, I Yeah. I want to read it like now. I want to buy it, which is hard for me, but I want to buy it. I was about to say, well, we probably are going to buy it. So. Yeah. You should. Not, it's not hard for me. Buying books is one of my addictions. It's beautiful. There's like an illustrated page of Tress. There's an like, it's just, and then there's just like beautiful. There's just, it's just beautiful. You'll just have to see it to believe me. I trust you. Okay. Trust me. Trust me, mood readers. <laughs> All right. I decided I'm going next because Go I feel it. like yours is very heavy. So mine is very heavy. All right. So I have been reading Ledge by Stacey McEwen. I found Stacy on TikTok. She makes hilarious TikToks. I know I have sent them to you guys. And once we're done, I'll like remind you of who she is. But she's like <laughs> the one. She has a whole series where she's like going to turn my husband into a fictional man. And then she asks her husband like a series of leading questions. And he answers it like a dude and not like a book talk boyfriend. And they're hilarious. She's Australian, I believe. Oh, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's clicked now. Yes. I, I was like, she has an accent. Yes, she does. <laughs> she's also been one where she's like, uh, been like a romantic heroine, like on the beach, but then like her children will be chasing after her and she'll be running <laughs> away from her family. And she's like, no, I'm here to capture, <laughs> you know, like a duke. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. It's so, so anyway, so her TikTok is hilarious. And then she announced that she was writing a book and I was like, all right, I'm in, which is probably like a dangerous thing to do in most cases like someone who is funny on a three minute tiktok is maybe not a great author but luckily in this case this was a really fun really good book all right so ledge is about we've got our female main character dawson and she grew up on the ledge and it, this is like perpetual winter there's Ooh. never a time where there's not snow on the ground but then in the bad season it's all the blizzards and they live on this ledge in the mountain it's so high up they cannot see the ground and what is so it's but then it's like the bald face in the mountain so there's a bald face in the mountain it's like patch of land that people live in and then a giant chasm that they can't see the bottom of and there are these people that are just stuck up there oh I was gonna say it sounds charming <laughs> yeah living their lovely life with uh like very little food she describes like at some point they would like scrape the bark off the tree to eat oh geez mm. perpetual winter and there's like 50 of them sort of like you know having babies getting along trying to survive just living in this horrible horrible weather conditions i would not and make it i, make I barely it. made it reading it i was like <laughs> absolutely not these people have come to be on this ledge because this species called the glaciers brought them all up there and left them there trapped on this ledge from like the human population at the supposedly at the bottom of the mountain we think mm -hmm. and the glaciers are basically creepy bat boys so no. they're they're human <laughs> figures but they have like talent feet and they have wings 
And so like 50 years ago, they carted up a bunch of humans and dropped them on the ledge and have them trapped there because once a year, there's an annual selection and they come and they grab on people with their nope. talons, nope. Take, them, take them across the chasm and we don't know, eat them or something for survival. <laughs> so like, the people of the ledge are basically like the cattle for the glaciers. <gasps> oh my God. Yeah, <laughs> it starts real rough. <laughs> and mine is heavier than this. <laughs> so Dawson, our female main character, is like her. So at the at the annual like culling, everyone stands outside their house, and usually like a family will stand together, and a leader of the family will stand in front, and that's the person mm-hmm. who, if they're going to come that's the person who they're going to take. Yeah. yeah. So the glaciers fly over and they fly over the little town and then they just snatch people and fly on their way. So Dawson's entire family of women, it's like been all women and they have all been taken by the glaciers. Oh. And Dawson is isolated and she's the only one left like of her family. Like, you they're, know, there's the villagers. They're coming for you, girl. So... At the next culling, she gets taken. She gets talons straight into their shoulder. Five of them get taken to the Glacian Palace, where she finds out what's been happening to the humans. Some of them are definitely dead, but some of them have been turned into slaves for the Glacians. Oh, Oh, good. That's great. Right. So not as... (laughs) Could have been worse, I guess. (laughs) Jeez. They get taken to this banquet hall. Ominous. They, yeah, and the kings like sit and eat. So they give them stuff to eat. They give them stuff to drink. And in the middle of this banquet hall, there's this like pool of what of shimmering liquid. And when they've eaten and drunk their fill, the king is like, all right, toss them in the pool. And basically you go into the pool. This pool is not actual liquid. It sucks your soul out of your body and you become a soulless husk of a human for the rest of your time waiting no. on the questions. Twist. Oh. So one that of the ladies sounds great. <laughs> right. So one of the ladies that was with Dawson is like, uh, yeah, better luck next time. And she slits her throat <gasps> and collapses well, and bleeds out. Fair. They're like, yeah, you know what? Doesn't matter. They throw her in because you can still collect a soul from a dead body. Oh, what? well, yeah. at least she won't have but, to be a slave without a right. Soul. She won't be a zombie slave. Yeah, yes, dead, at but, least. But they still took her soul. And the glaciers really low bar. <laughs> the glaciers use this uh, pool um, of souls to extend their lives. So they are basically immortal. Mm. Oh, that's horrible. These are so, not my kind of bat boys. This, that's not my no. <laughs> So you get, we get to Dawson and she's like, uh, you know what? There's the kill you, kill yourself option, but that lady took it. There's mm. the go into the pool and become a zombie slave. And uh, she's like, no, thank you. So there's a third option. She can run down the mountain. She can run down the mountain. Let's and go. They will hunt her down the mountain. Okay, that's less good, but okay, yeah. yeah. So in this in this okay. terrible snow in um a mountain she's she never seen shoes? the foot of she I she has boots that are too small for her. Of course, so, I knew uh, there was going to be something with her footwear. Yeah. So she takes the run down the hill option okay. and they send these glaciers after her right. and to catch up with her like in the first day and she kills them because she snuck an axe. 
with her. Like she oh, stuck okay. it in her clothes before she got taken. Okay, that's so smart. She, she kills them, and then a third one shows up, and she's like ready to kill him too. And he's like, "If you stick with me, we're getting to the bottom of this mountain together." He's like, "I'm not here to kill you. You're my escape route from the Glacians." Oh, because. He is a hybrid, a half-breed. He's half-glacian, half-human. So he's got the wings, but the glacians appreciate pure blood. So they treat them. Yep, they treat him as lesser. Him and all of his fellow hybrids that live in what they call the colony. They are the lesser. And the glacians Mm. in the palace are having it. And so he reveals, like, if you my escape route because since she decided to run he was able to leave the palace under no suspicions oh, right. by chasing okay. her okay and he's like if you let me help you get to the bottom of the mountain if we can get to the bottom of the mountain together like i'll make sure you stay alive and that's sort of how we launch into oh book. my god i would read this so hard it i says, would read this tomorrow it Does is the beginning of a, he, so their talents they can like retract back into normal okay. beats okay. oh you know yeah. that's always what shows you it's a good monster smut is that they can retract their mm-hmm. talents and he can but, also hide his wings so when he's oh, like makes it convenient he's in human villages he can sort of hide the fact because clearly humans are not fans of the glaciers at the bottom yeah. of the mountain nor are they at the ledge where they're the cattle for the glaciers Fair. This is getting closer to my version of a Bat Boy that I like. There's some uh, enemies to lovers, force proximity. There's some oh my favorite. Dawson is a badass female. She sounds it. She is. She's a fighter. She is scrappy. She is like she starts the book basically (laughs) starving and dead essentially from her (laughs) like 24 years of life on the ledge in a mountain where it's never summer. But it's the start to a trilogy. It ended on a terrible cliffhanger, and the second book doesn't come out to this fall. So like I'm pissed (laughs) actually. So, like, five stars recommend, but, like, no, wait until the second book is out. Because what, I'm just supposed to sit here with what just happened? No. I sweat those. That's what live my life like this. Those indie TikTok authors. That's what they do to you. And I did not expect to be, like, sucked in as much as I was. (laughs) Like, I was like, okay, this is okay. We're getting somewhere. Probably because of the snow. And I was like, I'm not really here for it. But... (laughs) Once he was like, let me help you to the bottom. You're my escape route. I'm your escape route. Then I was like, oh my God, let's get, let's do this. What are we going to do? Yeah, that sounds amazing. That sounds really cool. so much betrayal in this book too. And you're just like, what? No. I loved it. Good job, Stacey. Thank you for your content, your TikTok content (laughs) and your book. But also we're not friends at the moment until book two comes out. Or... Or you would like us to be an ARC reader. Okay, actually. Hit us up. Uh, We're right here. Confession time. I read Ledge because I applied to get an ARC for the next book, Chasm. And they were like, congratulations, you were selected for an (gasps) ARC of Chasm. So then I was like, well, shit, I have to read Ledge first. So I know what's going on. So, Well, that's awesome. You didn't tell us this. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a bad person. (laughs) <laughs> yeah podcast business man you're supposed to put it in the spreadsheet eh, whatever i did it before any of that existed i actually forgot oh. like i forgot i applied for this <laughs> because she posted on her tiktok she was like hey we're looking for arc readers for the second book of my trilogy and i was like okay so i went to her little link i filled it out and then i immediately forgot because it was like a month or two ago and then i got an email and i was like we were different what? people then <laughs> yeah we were Oh, that sounds so good. I love survival books. 
Mm-hmm. Like any any form of like the story is we have to survive this is just like it sweeps me away. I never get tired of it. That sounds so good. Yeah, it was like surprisingly, you know, it's not like changed my life because of the artistic whatever, whatever. But it was still like Dawson is a badass. Like I'm going to take some of her with me. That's so cool. (laughs) I'm going to read it and then not use it for content because you already did. But I still just want to read it. (laughs) All right. Emily Bronte, what have you got for us? What have you not been able to stop talking to us about? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Touche. Calling me out. Yes, internet, it is I, your friend, Emily Bronte, and I... Sister of Charlotte Bronte. That's not... We don't. Nobody <laughs> needs to know that. The point is, I... Yes, I did it. I read Manacled by Sin Lin Yu. So, for those of you who have not been on the TikTok lately, Manacled... I actually think this book is several years old at this point, so IDK. But anyway, like I just got on TikTok a couple of months ago, so I just found out about it. Um, and if you're like me, Manacled is a fan fiction about uh, that takes place in the Harry Potter universe, and it is considered a hashtag Germione book. So it is Hermione Granger and Draco Malfoy. Now I want to go ahead and get this out of the way, right out out of the gate. We are not. Like, I was very conflicted about reading this. We do not support, we here at Mood Readers do not support she who must not be named. Um, We're sending her zero money. We are giving her none of our dollars. We are not into that. However, TikTok made a very compelling case about this fan fiction. (laughs) (laughs) I have to read it. Which was not written by she who will not be named. And it was not written by she who must not be named. And therefore morally, I felt okay about it. I'm going to be honest. I might change my mind about that later. I don't know. I'm still kind of finding my way and learning and I make mistakes and maybe this was a mistake. I don't know. But I'm going to tell you about my lived experience and yeah, then you can decide if you're going to make the same mistakes I made. She's perfect. (laughs) Okay, so I also want to point out I have literally never read a fanfic before. Me either, so I'm so excited about this review. Well, like, some of us cannot say the same. Some <laughs> no, I mean, I'm, I'm like, I'm happy that I have broken in. You know what I mean? Like, this is, this was my entry point. I went, well, I have, I will say this. I have never read a great one, except for the <laughs> few, except for the few chapters that I read of Manacled and then realized, holy cow, I, there's no way I can conquer a book like this because it's giant. It is. It's big. But I read a lot of fan fiction in high school and wrote some, and that's embarrassing. No, Great. no, no, no. You can just send us a link to that. You will. <laughs> we, won't, we won't share I'm it like, with anybody. I'm like, no, that's not embarrassing. Own your truth. And Jane is like, yeah, just send us that link. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that's, there's nothing to be embarrassed about. Because just like with good mental health, fan fiction is nothing to be ashamed about. Like what you like, do what you do. And if it's good, I want to read it. So, okay, so I read this fanfic that takes place in the Harry Potter verse. All right, so here's the thing. This book has gotten a lot of, like, controversial attention because of the tagline, which is Dramione in Handmaid's Tale. So you hear that, and you're immediately like, oh, I know everything. I know exactly what's going to happen, and this is just going to be, like, a self-serving, like, there's nothing new to discover, right? Because you can picture everything that was going to happen with that. That is incorrect. I am here to set the record straight. Manacled is more than Germione in A Handmaid's Tale by Margaret Atwood. This book is giant, 
like Nora told us, it has literally 75 chapters. Um, so and there's a lot. And they're not short. <laughs> yeah, that's huge. I couldn't tell you the last time I read like a 75 chapter book. It's huge. I, I don't. And I read it on my phone because I was too stupid to figure out how to download it on my Kindle. But there, there is a way, apparently. I found out later. Emily sent me a TikTok. So now when I read it, it will be on my Kindle. <laughs> it's like, well, damn, this would have been great. Okay, so it's, yeah, it's long. I read it on my phone. I could not stop. I went to a party with my family that doesn't like <laughs> it when I look at my phone. I was at dinner and I just propped my phone up and turned it on and would make the right noises and nod. Could give two shits. I needed to know what happened. Yeah. It's very passionate about this. Okay. So let me. All right. So one thing that's important to know about this book is that the author is setting it in the Harry Potter verse, but there is a divergence in Harry Potter plot in book six. So if we all remember book six, at the end of book six is when Draco actually kills Dumbledore and he falls off the top of the astronomy tower and it's like, oh my God. In this universe, Draco just kills Dumbledore, shoots him in the back with the Avada and like the second month of school. And after that crazy fallout, Hermione realizes that there's about to be a war. Everybody's preparing for war and they realize that they don't have any healers. And they don't have any potion makers. And they don't have any curse breakers. So Hermione goes into an intensive study path to become an expert healer, a curse breaker, and a potions master. All of this in, in view of the war effort. Meanwhile, Harry and Ron and Jenny and everybody that we know and love has all kind of like pulled closer and tighter together to create the DA, Dumbledore's Army, and train in uh, defense against the dark arts and, you know, just prepare to be badass fighters, you know, badass Gryffindors. And while Hermione has kind of become isolated and like studied more and more and more and become, ultimately she becomes a capital H like healer. That is who she is. Okay. So the book opens and all we know is that Hermione is in a sensory deprivation like cell in the bottom of Hogwarts. The war was lost. Harry is dead. Everybody we've ever known and loved is fucking dead. Most of them in like super grisly, horrific ways. Hermione is discovered by Voldemort. Like she's been in this cell for months, maybe a year, maybe more. And then Voldemort realizes, oh, that's Hermione Granger. Oh my God, let's get her out of there. Let's, let's look into this. So Hermione is dragged up. She's examined by the Death Eater like scientists and healers and shit to see what's going on of course uh voldemort uses occlumency to peer into her mind he wants to know what she knows and the brain scan basically reveals that hermione has used really powerful magical occlumency to wall off and block a lot of weirdly specific memories and it's not just like a couple of key points it's like a year of her life like just a whole bunch of shit and voldemort is like what the fuck? The war is over. What is she what is she protecting? Like who gives a shit? Just tell me. And he tries to like break into her memories. And then the doctors are like, "Whoa, you can't do that. If you do that, her memories will shatter and they will be lost and you will never know what she was hiding." And he's like, "Well, motherfucker. Okay, so like we have to know who is she protecting? Maybe it's the last member of the Order of the Phoenix, right? Maybe there's some secret plan that she was protecting and I have to figure it out and you know, live forever or whatever. 
So as it turns out in like handmade reality, uh, Voldemort has a breeding program because apparently the pure blood wizarding families have lost a lot of members in the war. And they also are struggling to have babies because for some reason, nobody like super duper wants to. It's been a real <laughs> stressful time. Shocking. Shocking. <laughs> <laughs> and so he has created a handmade style breeding program. And in case you're not aware, Handmade is like the Handmaid's Tale by Margaret Atwood is a dystopian science fiction social commentary book where women of a assigned lower class for whatever reason are then given to married couples to be used as pregnancy surrogates through ritual ritualized rape and the baby would then belong to the family and not to the surrogate prisoner so that's what we're dealing with so the healer tells voldemort if she gets pregnant the growing magic of the magical baby inside her has been known to unlock sealed memories no yeah no I so hermione <laughs> yeah, nope, it's not good. So Hermione is assigned to the surrogacy program. And she gets assigned to Draco Malfoy's family. So that's how we start things. It is now. so light and cheery, this book. <laughs> <laughs> so here's what I want to say. The first 25 chapters are in this reality, the surrogacy program. The war is over. It's rough. It's really, really rough. I got to chapter nine and had had to stop. Literally 25 chapters of the 75. So like you, I just want you to know what you're going into. And I do want to point out that the author on her TikTok has pinned at the top of her page. You don't have to read this book. Like she, I was like, oh my God, <laughs> she didn't have to say that. But she was like, this book is not for everybody. Mm -hmm. If this book is not for you, that's okay. And I was like, okay, that's, I respect that. Think of a trigger warning and this book has it. Yeah. And it, you, you literally have to like click a consent button to continue reading because of all the trigger warnings. You have to say, yes, I understand that there will be these elements in this book and I will continue reading. Wow. I know that I, you were probably going to say this, but she does such a great job of before like an especially triggering scene of just like mm -hmm. being like, Hey, look, look at all these things that could happen. This is it. This is it. And yep. the scene where I stopped, that, which was the first attempt at trying to make a baby, it was handled. I, I just applaud her. I could not go on, but it was handled with so much care. And yeah. she talks about that in the chapter before. Sorry, you were probably going to say no, that. No, you're absolutely right. No, you're absolutely right. Her writing with like sensitivity yes. and like dignity is really impressive. Just, I'm I probably, totally agree. I'm probably on the side of, side of this book is not for me, but I respected her so much for just like how she handled that scene and how she handled every like chapter with the trigger warnings and stuff. So. Yeah, so so what I want to point out about this book, okay, so this book is a war story. So like I personally, and I'm not, I want to be very clear, I'm not trying to trivialize these books, but I, for my own like personal preference, have read a lot of books about resistance in wars. Like I've read a lot about the Jewish resistance in World War II. I've read a lot of Holocaust survival books. This book is a fictionalized version of that kind of story. That is what kind of story we're dealing with. And I really mean that I am not trying to trivialize. What I think is that this kind of book, you know, sometimes it's easy to read a true story and then, but, but it's told from like a 
distance. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to immerse yourself and you don't want, you really don't want to immerse yourself mm-hmm. in those horrific situations. So you're like, yeah, I'll stay back here. That's fine. I don't need to know how this feels. But this book immerses you not only because of her incredible writing, but these are characters that I have known and loved since I was 11. Mm-hmm. I care about Hermione Granger. God damn it. And <laughs> like, so her experiences, it really, it gave me like a new perspective on those kinds of war stories and those kinds of true survival stories. And there are absolutely people who experienced everything that is covered in this book, which is crazy. In the original Harry Potter verse, magic is fun and whimsical. It's so funny. It's so quirky. We make a tea kettle sing. This is grown up magic. There's like the most horrific shit you can imagine. So it's a war. So they're like in the war they're fighting and there are curses that liquefy organs that flay you alive. There are flesh eating curses. There's an exploding acid boil curse. Ew. It's all bad. There are also curses where you can turn the ground beneath your enemy's feet into boiling water and then another to turn it back into earth so they suffocate beneath the surface of the dirt trapped. It's kind of awesome. It's a little bit awesome. It's terrifying. It is utterly terrifying. And see, that's what I'm talking about. Like, this book captures that the true sense of fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The true sense of like, I am in over my head. Yeah. And like a, a I real, am not a main character. Yeah. A real this, magical war would be yes. like, yeah. Yes. A, a lot of this book is about how the power of love will triumph over evil is not a realistic war strategy. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people have to make decisions that they never wanted to make. Like, this is a real intense book. Okay, so after, you know, we're realizing we're here in the present, the terrible present. Hermione is in the program. She's surviving. is very much a survival tale of her being a surrogate. But in the course of this, she's having, like, little memories and little flashbacks. Or she'll read a piece of news. Apparently, Hermione blew up a fucking science prison where Order of the Phoenix prisoners were taken to be experimented on. And she blew that motherfucker up. She has no memory of this. No. Zero memory of this. Then she starts to realize, what else does she not have a memory of? What else is missing? What is she? So she's not even aware of what she's not remembering. And then she's like, how did we lose the war? How did Harry die? What the fuck happened? And that's when we find out everything. And it goes all the way back to like two years before we are in the middle of the war. Hermione Granger is like the healer of the Order of the Phoenix. She is the potion master of the Order of the Phoenix. She is the curse breaker. And they are like fucking elbow deep in this crazy war. And she has to go on a crazy assignment and shit gets wild. She is so, I don't want to spoil, she's so fucking badass i cannot even like yeah, i wish i, have, I could explain like, to you no i have chills like i have like goosebumps like this is the hermione granger this is the hermione granger we deserve yeah mm-hmm. i'm sorry i'm yelling i feel very passionately about this <laughs> if you read <laughs> if you read harry potter and you were like yay this is great so and so but it's a little one-sided it's a little fa- it's a little favoritism towards you know the red and gold team It's a little one-sided for, like, (laughs) bravery. It's a little bit, I don't know, idealistic. Like, because, you know, it's written for teenagers. That's Mm -hmm. fine. But if you have those thoughts, this is the book for you. Because (laughs) Hermione Granger 
is so smart and so brave and just devastatingly like aware of what is happening. One of the most heartbreaking things about this book as we're in the, you know, in the past, basically, the theme that emerges is that everybody in the Order of the Phoenix, like, believes in the power of love. They refuse to kill people. They're in a war and they refuse to use killing curses. They refuse to do anything but stun or disarm. They are getting shot with flesh-eating curses, but Harry Potter doesn't believe in dark magic, and we are losing hard. Oh my god. <laughs> really bad. But this is what the Harry Potter of the books is. Yes, like, That's exactly. what he is. That's what the books that's who he taught is. us. That, that's yep. how he was raised, so this makes sense that that would be how he would fight. Mm -hmm. In this version, we're still in the war and everybody's like 24 years old. So it's been going for yeah. a long time. And he's still like it. And all the other adults in the Order of the Phoenix are like, we believe it's going to work out because the power of light always defeats the power of dark. And Hermione's over here like, we can't, you won't even let us kill anybody. <laughs> like, <laughs> we keep losing fighters and we're just knocking their fighters out. Like, this is insane. And she's so isolated and she's so brilliant and she is so desperate that she accepts a desperate assignment, which is all I will say about that. But like, she's so fucking badass. I can't even. It's the Hermione we all deserved. No, that sounds really bleak. But it it's does. Really powerful. <laughs> it, it, it is bleak. Yeah. It, but it is very powerful and I could not stop. I literally could not stop until I was done. And I will also say that I found a deep sense of peace at the end of this book. Like, that's the, as throughout the book, as low as your lows go, that's how strong the highs are. Okay. Like, that's how powerful it lifts you up when it does. And you're just like, because I've talked about this before. Like, you don't know how badly you want to survive until you're about to die, blah, blah, blah. It's a lot like that. The power of love in the face of loneliness. The power of, like, courage in the face of despair. You don't really understand that until you've seen despair. Yeah. Like, yeah. And that's what it does. And in the end, the deep sense of peace is only earned by the total abject terror that you get the rest <laughs> of the time. It's so good. It's so, so good. If you can handle that, if this sounds invigorating and compelling, it's one of the most compelling books I've ever read, period. I would buy it right now if I could find a copy that was printed on paper. I you I, can print it. Amazing. You can print it and bind it yourself. That's what I, I can't said. Do that. <laughs> you can do a, oh, wow. you can this get girl into on the YouTube flow. Did it. This girl you can on get yeah. into the flow. Yeah, by I'm making good. a mindless craft. I've My got, flow is chips. So <laughs> I've got a YouTube video I can send you on how to do it. I don't want to do it, but you can I don't do, it. do it. <laughs> it's really beautiful. If you loved Harry Potter, if it meant something to you and you have been, you have grown up and you are disillusioned and disappointed, this is the book for you. It's so good. If you have grown up and you're not disillusioned and disappointed, <laughs> let us know <laughs> what your life experience is. Thank you. What are, what's your secret? Because <laughs> I don't think that we are living the same life. I think in I mean, the that's same the, universe. That's the theme in this book where she's like, she grows up and everybody else is trapped in this illusion and it's not good. So yeah. I, I actually feel like I relate to that like pretty hardcore. And I, I'm an optimist, but I feel like I relate to that like, oh, that's an ideal for youth. And that has no place mm -hmm. in a lived experience. Reality. 
Yeah. Yeah. And it's also a really good example of like, take, she takes back a lot of her agency by defining things for herself. Mm-hmm. Other people want to define her as not a fighter. Mm-hmm. That's not accurate. Other people want to define her various relationships in a certain way. That's not okay with her. Being a grown up is complicated and hard, but you can take back, Hermione takes back a lot of agency by not letting other people define her shit. I love that. I love that too. I wish that this was a movie because I tend to like. Oh yeah. Or a TV or like a TV series. I tend to be a great TV series. Slightly less emotionally invested in that. Like I watched The Handmaid's Tale and didn't have a problem with it, but for some reason, like reading and I've read and I've read part of the book too. For some reason, reading it is so much harder for me. Yeah, because it's hard. Yes. (laughs) Reading reading books is harder because it's more personal. Yeah. And it's you. You tend to put yourself into the story. Yeah. Yeah. So that's normal. Okay, good. (laughs) What I'm hearing is HBO should be turning this into a series instead of the other one. Whatever monstrosity we just are apparently going to get for the next fucking decade. Yes. HBO, this is the one you should have done. <laughs> Are they t- your face? I think that you don't know that uh-uh. they have purchased seven seasons to redo the Harry Potter books. And they are planning on this taking a decade. Why, though? Why are we doing this? Why? Who's That's, it for? Who asked yeah. for it? <laughs> who asked for this? Like, we've already... Other we've than already, she, who must not be named. Right, we've already Who has literally it. ruined the series for us, so... Yeah. And then she's just gonna, like, grind it in our faces. Ugh. I'm, I'm just confused, because we already did it. Yeah, so. we, like, we did it, though. But she just wants that money. All right, I'll, oh, yeah. use, I'll use my power and influence by using my friend's HBO Max account to write to, to HBO <laughs> and let them know that this is the story we want to see yes. on screen. You don't even account... Yeah, I don't even pay for it myself. <laughs> Perfect. I pay Love for it. my own, so um, I'll I'll let them know. So now I got to find something light and fluffy to read. I think I actually went and checked out another book about um, the French Resistance in World War II immediately after this one, and it's really good so far. I was about to say sometimes you think you need to change, but what you really need to do is like double down and like read all the dark stuff. Well, the book about Tress and the Emerald Sea would be perfect if you need something like light, but like still very good. You know what will help us decide what to read? Our handy dandy mood wheel. Oh, right. I forgot about that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Whose turn is it? It's yours. Oh, no. We are wheeling for Emily. Let's wheel. All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. You just tell me what it is. It is fantasy. Hey! Oh, wow. Let's see. Ooh. Oh, did, did you want her to read Neverwhere? Oh, yes, I did. Her and her three copies. But I want you to read The Serpent in the Wings of Night. I actually, Oh, yeah, everybody loves that one. I wanted yeah. to read that, too, because everyone has been talking about it like crazy. And I think it's available on Kindle Unlimited because I'm pretty it sure it's... I was going to say, I think it's sitting mm-hmm. in my Kindle right now. I think it's in, I think it's in mine, too, because it's been so busy. Yeah. Yeah, it's very buzzy, and it kind of makes me think that they're going to take it off of Kindle Unlimited soon. Because, you know, just because it's, like, it's the one right now. Yeah. yeah. And, like, they'll probably start making us pay for it, like peasants. Yeah, hey, Serpent in the Wings of Night by Carissa Broadbent. Going for it. Yeah. Done. All right, this has been a very dark yet successful podcast episode. 
Thank you for joining us in our book club. Support your local libraries, support reading, and resist by reading even more. Read the books they don't want you to read. And maybe start a collection of banned books because Ooh, you never yes. Know. yes. That's what I'm doing. Jane, Emily, and Nora would like to thank Benji for the theme music. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and TikTok at mood.readers.podcast.